Welcome back to the Wheel Take Silly podcast. I'm Nick, and as always, I'm joined with my brother Andy here. This is episode nine, and it's a little later than normal. Typically, we uh, we do episodes on Thursdays, but I talked with Andy prior to um, the protected lists being exposed to the, to the public. So we decided to do an episode today when the when the uh, protected lists were released. So. Now that we have the protected list, Sandy and I are going to go through each team and basically, you know, pick a player that we would uh, take from each team and then discuss it a little bit. And it'd be a little bit of a fun preview to the uh, Seattle expansion draft that'll be on, I think, Wednesday. Um, so without further ado, we'll go right into Anaheim here. Um, their protected players are Nicholas Delorier, Max Jones, Isaac Ludstrom, Ricard Raquel, Jakob Silverberg, Sam Steele, Troy Terry, Cam Fowler, Hampus Lindholm, Josh Manson, and Josh Gibbs or John Gibson. And looking at this list, I was—I don't know about you, Anne, but I was tempted to pick Adam Adam Henrique. Uh, and I, I sort of looked a little further, and then I found Hayden Flurry. So, of those two uh, players that I named, those would be the two that I would boil it down to. And I think I would have to go with Hayden Fleury just because of his his previous uh, uh, time with the Carolina Hurricanes. I did like him as like a kind of uh, their sixth defenseman or their seventh defenseman. And I thought he was good for when he subbed in. I think that he could probably take a, more of a role than just a sixth or seventh defenseman on the Seattle team. Uh, dude, I got a I was looking at the list. I saw Henrik, too. Um, but then it immediately dawned on me that Flurry just got uh, sent to Anaheim uh, before our trade deadline, and so for me, I think Flurry is the be- is a is a pretty good uh, choice there. He his position with Carolina was just starting to form, like he was just starting to get uh, the swing of things in the NHL and playing NHL minutes consistently. Um, to your point. He's he's playing those uh, low defensive lines that are still, uh, you know, defensive line three, but it's still an important position to to hold. I think he'd be a great uh, pickup. He's he's pretty young, and like I said, I think his bubble is just starting to 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 come around. So, um, as far as Anaheim goes, I, I gotta agree. I'm I'm going just flurry straight though, but I do think Henrik is also a good choice. Uh, two great options from Anaheim. Yeah, had, uh, Hayden Fleury only has a year left on his contract at $1.3 million, so you're not picking up a guy that's really going to add a lot to your cap, whereas Adam Henrique, I think, is more towards the $6 million range. Um, and I thought that with him being on the Carolina Hurricanes, um, although he was the sixth or seventh defenseman sometimes, it's just the, the Carolina Hurricanes, depth-wise, with defense, is, they're just stacked. You know, they have a lot of guys they could turn to. So I think with Seattle, he could yeah. probably expect at least second-line minutes with this team, where he's at least a— I agree. Yeah. So I, I agree. Would agree with, I definitely—I mean, you could go Ryan Miller even, but I would I would definitely pick Hayden Flurry by far. <laughs> And with the amount of goalies that are available in this, and we'll get to it, I, I do think passing on Miller is uh, uh, the better choice. And actually, isn't he retiring? Didn't he retire? 
Um, he may have. I thought I saw something about him retiring. I could be wrong, he, but yeah. As as far as right now, he's available. Okay. Uh, and then Adam Henrique was making five point eight two five million, so he was he is close to that six million uh, cap hit, like I said. So Hayden Flurry, one point three million, not a bad choice, I think. Uh, if Ron Francis and the Seattle crack and go with him. And then going into uh, the Arizona Coyotes, uh, they have protected Lawson Kraus, Christian Devorak, Connor Garland, Clayton Keller, Phil Kessel, Johan Larson, Nick Schmaltz, Kyle Capbianco, or Capobianco, Jacob Chikrin, Oliver Ekman Larson, and Darcy Kemper. And then looking at their available. Uh, Derek Broussard is a name. Uh, Christian Fisher. I thought Tyler Pitlick. Uh, me personally, I was probably going to pick between Tyler Pitlick or Christian Fisher. Because um, I think this might be the hardest one to kind of pick from. Uh, you know, it's just like they seem to have a lot of older guys like Alex Goligoski, mm. Nicholas Almerson, even Derek Broussard is up there. I don't think he'd be a bad pick either, but Tyler Pitlick and Christian Andrew Lad. Yeah, even Lad, yeah. It, this is you know what? Here here's an option, dude. Here's a team that you can go to for your veteran status. You can yeah. go to this team and you can add, and you can just pick up your veteran guy, your um you know, your your Jordan Mar- or your Justin Williams a couple of years ago for the Canes. Now it's more like Jordan Stahl, uh, Jordan Martinuk are those guys. Um, this could be where you get your captain from. I really like Nicholas Jalmerson as a choice for that. Um, not necessarily the, cent- uh, the, the C on his jersey, but for that veteran status, I enjoyed him in Chicago. Um, he has those playoff runs with Chicago under his belt so he, he has that experience i think andrew ladd is up there brassard too we both picked uh, those guys out beforehand and even auntie rata i i kind of like um so i think there's options from arizona but it is a very thin choice nonetheless um i think this is a team you might want to pull your you might want to either pull your veteran from this or just pull some some guy that you can assign to the taxi squad, I would say. Yeah, Antiranta is definitely an option. Um, I feel like Arizona for the last couple of years has gotten the goaltending they needed. It's just the team in front of them can't score. So if you the go scoring, with Antiranta, yeah. I don't I don't think it's a bad option. Derek Broussard and Nicholas Yalmerson are both UFAs, so if Seattle picks them, it had to sign them. And then Derek Broussard is 33 years old, and Yelmerson is 34. So I, I would I could agree with you there and say at least pick up a veteran while you're um, going through the draft because you don't want too young of a team with not a lot of veteran presence. Um, so Broussard or Yelmerson, definitely a, a good idea. I think Yelmerson this year, though, was struggling with injury, so you'd want to make sure that he's healthy to, to start next season because that guy, gotcha. is, he's a hell of a shot blocker, as we know, um, with his time with Chicago. I mean, there, there's yeah. one defenseman that sticks out to me that would just block anything, whether it's a Shea Weber shot, Char shot. It's Nicholas Yalmerson. That guy was just 
putting his body in front of every shot he could, and he certainly paid the price for it. Yeah. Tyler Pitlick stands out to me just because he came from Philly, and when I was watching a lot of uh, games these past couple of years, he he was a good penalty killer, and he's just a good kind of bottom six forward. Um, you know, I mean, they I don't think that they would pick him, but, you know, if you wanted to get your PK going, maybe either Tyler Pitlick or Yalmerson fit that uh, that narrative. Um, you know, but but Arizona, like we said, you could even you can go a lot of routes here. You can go for a goal. You can go with some veterans. You can go with the bottom six forward. You know, you got a lot of options here in Arizona. So, whatever Seattle chooses to do there, I, I think that they they can't go wrong. It's just kind of hard to pick between some of the people we mentioned. Moving on to the Boston Bruins. We got a funny story about this one, Ann, but we'll go through the protected first. So they've protected. This Patricia. is an interesting one. It's very. <laughs> this one was. This is an interesting one. Yeah. So they, they decided to protect Patrice Bergeron, Charlie Coyle, <clears throat> Jake DeBrusque, Trent Frederick, Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, Craig Smith, Brandon Carlo, Matt Grizzlick, Charlie McAvoy, and Dan Vladar. Which. You know, it leaves, man, they, they got a good pool of people here uh, that Seattle does. So the names sticking out to me are David Krejci, um, Nick Ritchie, uh, Tuka Rask, Yaroslav Halak, um, uh, Taylor Hall is available. I was going to say, if you That's, don't say his name, he sticks way out to me. Yeah. Um, uh, Greg McKegg kind of sticks out. He was with the Canes for a little while. He's a good third, fourth line uh, forward. Rask sticks out. Uh, I think because both goalies were left unprotected, I think Rask sticks out a little bit more than Halak does for me. And I think that sort of dampens him. Um, Lazar is, a, is, is sticking out. Yeah, Krejci. This was an, this was an interesting protected list to say the least. So well, let's get to Taylor Hall because, you know, when he got traded to, to Boston from Buffalo, it sounded like Taylor Hall wanted to stick around, and it seemed like that was uh, the census with with uh, Don Sweeney, the GM of, of Boston. And now we're at a point where he's, being, he's available to uh, Seattle for this draft, which kind of has me thinking that the – negotiations aren't going well because uh, he is a UFA and he's 29 years old. So um, it would have to be another, you know, you pick and then you have to sign him. Or what they could do is they could even pick Taylor Hall and trade him. I mean, you know, Buffalo didn't really get a lot of return for Taylor Hall, but I'm sure there's people out there that would be willing to to trade for him and then sign him to a deal. Uh, even Krejci sticks out for me. He's a UFA, but even he sticks out. You know, that's not a bad uh, second line center, maybe even third line center for you. Um, it, it, it honestly, it, it really does stick out. Their list is is surprising. Um, the funny thing I mentioned previously was both our cousin Greg and my friend Ryan were absolutely livid that Jake DeBrusque was protected. Um, and I, again, I don't really know why he was protected i feel like his time in boston has certainly passed and for jake debrusque 
if he were to find a new home, you know, maybe he could revitalize his career. Because right now, I mean, I, I don't know why they would have protected him. Um, you, but go ahead. You know what? This is, um, dang, I had the phrase in my head like a second ago. But, uh, hey, this is DeBrusque's uh, second chance. Or, oh, here it is. Here's the phrase. Um, Sweeney's doubling down on DeBrusque. He got drafted in a draft class, a very strong draft class, uh, in a, in that section of three picks that Boston had, um, and he was one of those picks. And he's the only one who's really amounted to anything. It, they were in the first round. That was the year Aho was drafted. I think that was the McDavid Eichel year. Um, that was a big year for drafting, and DeBrusk got drafted pretty high. And he was, like I said, out of the three consecutive picks, he's the only one who really made anything of it. And um, I think this is uh, Boston doubling down on Jake DeBrusque and, and kind of sticking to their pick there. Uh, it's a big message to send to the fan base. It's a big message to send to Jake DeBrusque. Uh, kid's got to step up this year. I expect a big season from him. Uh, either next, either this coming season, uh, certainly this coming season, and continuing onward because clearly Boston sees something in this guy um, enough to protect him and leave Taylor Hall wide open. So we'll see. Yeah, I think you have a point there. I think this is kind of like Don Sweeney saying to DeBrusque, you know, it's your last chance because he only has one year left on his deal and it's it's uh, $3,675,000. So and he's an RFA after that. So I think that that's why they protected him is because he's an RFA. I got you. Um, but man, I, I, I think it is. I think you're right. I think it's a message to Jake DeBrusque and it's, it might be like, a, we're going to stick with you. We're going to see what you can do. But if nothing comes of you, then maybe he loses his RFA uh, status. And maybe Sweet loses his job. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, man. I mean, because. Honestly, if, if if they were to pick, if they were to pick Taylor Hall and sign him to a deal, um, you got to think like, what do you, what are you what are you doing there, you know? And 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 Jake DeBrusque, you know, he struggled a, mightily as a Bruin. I really feel like he hasn't had a a breakout season with the Boston Bruins at all. It's why I Me mentioned too. maybe just new scenery for him wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, he was hot early in the playoffs just this past season against the Capitals. And then after that, it fizzled. And even in parts in, in the Capitals series, he was kind of fizzling, you could see. Uh, so, yeah, it, it questionable decision by Don Sweeney. Um, but for Seattle, they have a lot of options. You know, Tuka Rask, Taylor Hall, David Krejci, certainly a lot of options here. Um, which brings us to, I think, the Buffalo Sabres. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the Buffalo Sabres. So, uh, my home, my home team, my favorite team. They decided to protect Rasmus Asplund, Anders Bjork, Jack Eichel, Casey Middlestat, Victor Olsson, Sam Reinhart, Tage Thompson, Rasmus Dahlin, Henry Okiaru, Rasmus Ristolainen, and Linus Olmark. Um, just looking at their protected, I'm, I'm kind of scratching my head as to why they protected uh, Casey Middlestat. He very similarly to uh, to Jake DeBrusque, I feel like he's just a guy who's not blossomed in 
the NHL role yet with uh, Buffalo, and he's always struggled with Buffalo. He is an RFA, so he would need to be signed. Uh, but I, I figure that's why they probably protected him. Um, looking at their available, if I'm Seattle, I I would go with uh, I don't know if I would go with Skinner. I'm looking at Jake McCabe for sure. Jake McCabe yeah. is definitely sticking out. And then the other person that sticks out to me is is Zemkis Gergensen's. You know, Zemkis Gergensen is a hell of a penalty killer. Like I said, he's a great bottom six forward. Um, and even Jake McCabe. Jake McCabe is a very physical defenseman, similarly to like a um, Edmondson, where you know he's very physical. He can play that role. He can be a fighter. If you know you need someone to stick up for a teammate, he's the guy. I've always liked McCabe as, as a defenseman. I've always liked Zemkis Gergensen. The issue with Zemkis is he was drafted so high and only turned out to be a bottom six guy, uh, which really? kind of hurt. But, yeah, I think he was 15th overall in 2013 or so. Um, okay. But other than those two guys, nobody really sticks out to me. Um, Here's one I want to. Available? Yeah, go for it. I wanted to, first. I want to throw off. I think Oposo and Skinner are no touch. Do not touch those players unless you want. I mean, oh, you know what? Maybe Rod Francis. Maybe Ron Francis is working in the background with Skinner. So maybe Skinner isn't a no touch situation. Right. Um, but it's only because of the GM connection there that I would consider Skinner. I just I don't think they're very good people or players to look at right now if you're the Seattle. But um, who knows with that? I like your Zemkis Gergensen's uh, uh, pick. I like your McCabe pick. And tell me if you like this one or not. But I kind of like the Carter Hutton pick. Um, although I have mentioned there are a lot of goalies available this uh, expansion draft, so I might resent that. But if it was a different expansion draft or there was more protected goalies, I think Hutton is a decent decent pick. So, yeah, I wouldn't go with Carter Hutton. Um, I believe he's a free agent this year as well. So, again, it okay. would be another situation where they'd have to pick him up and then sign him. Um, and I just don't, like you said, I think with all the other goalies available, they probably don't pick Carter Hutton. Uh, and Jeff Skinner and, and Kyle Oposo, the only reason why I didn't mention them is because I didn't, I wouldn't even expect Seattle to look at them. Um, Jeff Skinner did waive his no movement clause for this expansion draft. Uh, but with the price tag that comes along with them, as well as his last two struggling seasons with Buffalo, I just, yeah, I, I can't see how Seattle would pick him. Uh, and then Kyle Oposo again, he's, struggled ever since he signed in the free agency i think in 2016 where he he's getting paid six million dollars and just really hasn't done much he bottom six forward even scratched at times so picking him i i just don't think they would they would do that uh so honestly i mean jake mccabe i i or zemkis gergensen's it's tough to me but i think they pick mccabe maybe um just because he's he can play more of a, a top role, maybe even pair him with Hayden Flurry. Who knows? Um, but other than that, I like their protected list. I like how we protected Olsen and Reinhardt. Reinhardt is being rumored to be dealt, as well as Jack Eichel, as we all know. Uh, so protecting them to get something out of them, I thought was good. But obviously, you're going to protect Jack Eichel, so it's no surprise. Um, yeah, and protecting I like their protected list a lot. 
Yeah, and, and protecting Rasmus Ristolainen, you know, Buffalo hasn't traded him. He's been on the trade block now for six straight years, it feels like. It's, every trade deadline comes up, it always seems like he's going to be traded or dealt away, but he always sticks around. Um, so protecting him, I, I like Rasmus Dahlin. He's similar to a Jake McCabe where he's a very physical guy. Um, his defense, it's questionable at times, but I've always liked the guy. He's, he's become a fan favorite to me, at least. Um, and Victor Olsson, again, I really love Victor Olsson. Him on the power play is just deadly. He's got a one-timer. Man, it's it's great. So I'm glad we protected those guys. And we didn't really leave much for them to pick. Like I said, there's not too many great options to pick from Buffalo. So, again, it, it has to do with how bad they are. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> moving on, I think it is Calgary. Yeah, Calgary's next. So, yep. Calgary decided to protect Mikael Backlund, Dylan Dubé, Johnny Goudreau, Elias Lindholm, Andrew Mangiapani, Steve Monahan, or Sean Monahan, Matthew Kachuk, Rasmus Anderson, Noah Hannafin, Christopher Tanev, and Jacob Markstrom. Which left a couple people available. Those that stick out to me are obviously Mark Giordano, their captain. Um, Oliver Kling, I think his name is... Uh, Linton, I forget. I forget how to pronounce it. Milan Lucic, of course, is available, but I doubt they pick him up. Joki Nordstrom, Zach Ronaldo. No one really sticks out to me in this. Maybe they picked Mark yeah. Giordano, if I'm being honest. Um, him being a captain and him being, you know, with with Calgary for a long time, I feel like if they go with him, it's not a bad idea. You might have your captain there. You could pick him and then. Make him your captain. He he comes with a seven, a six million seven hundred and fifty thousand cap hit. So he's a little high, but of the guys that we've gone through so far, he's probably the highest they they would pick. Um, yeah, I the think only reason Nordstrom why is a little bit of an option there. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, other than those three guys, this is a this is another tough roster to pick from. I I think. I mentioned. Uh, Clingington, just because he's apparently supposed to be like a defensive prospect for Calgary that maybe just hasn't worked out and fit in their lineup. Uh, so it's why I mentioned him because uh, I've, I've seen a lot of yeah, people, that's viable. I've seen a lot of people, uh, you know, say that Seattle shouldn't be too quick to, to pick Giordano if he's available. Um, so it is a hard lineup thing, really. Yeah look at i mean they they don't really have a great goalie available they've kept markstrom they kept tanev hannafin and anderson um richie sticks out but again he's a bottom six guy didn't really fit in a lot i mean a lot of their available players are bottom six there's no big names out there like like boston um but like i yeah. said giordano maybe maybe this is where you just pick a veteran presence like giordano bring him on your team he's only got a year left on his deal so what you could do is you could pick him come the trade deadline to move him you know deal him somewhere mm-hmm. i could see that happening i mean he's only got one year deal so it's not like you have you're committing to him you know a lot yeah you don't even have to sign him back up if you don't it's, you it could literally just be a trial run Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, not not much here. I mean, I really, I'm surprised that they kept Johnny Goudreau, but maybe they protect him to again try and deal him 
Because again, yeah. he's, he's been a forward who's been on the trade block for I'd at least say three years now, where you know he just hasn't really fit in with Calgary as much. Yeah, he hasn't really produced as much as they wanted him to. So maybe they protect him to try and deal him. Um, but which, yeah, you know, he still holds enough value, I think, on the trade block to to back. to trade to protect him for that reason. That's a good point. And Kachuk, apparently, there was a rumor flying around that he asked to be traded, um, but his agent came out, and I believe he, either him or the GM, also came out and said not happening. That was you know false. He was never, he never. Asked oh, it was just a rumor. Yeah. That was rumor. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's not much available, but we'll see what Seattle does there. I feel like a lot of people expect them to pick Giordano. So if they don't pick Giordano, you know, then it'll, it'll be uh, interesting to see what they go with. But moving on now, it's the Carolina Hurricanes, your favorite team, man. They decided to protect Sebastian Ajo, Jesper Foss, Warren Fogel, Jordan Stahl, Andrei Svechnikov, Tavo Teravainen, Vinny Trocek, Brett Pesci, Brady Shea, Jacob Slavin, and Alec. Alex Nedeljkovic. Um, so leaving them available, you'd have both Reimer and uh, Rather available. Those could be, you know, interesting options. I think to to pick from. Uh, you also have Neil Niederreiter. <laughs> this no, is like, there's a lot of good names, dude. Hamilton's a big name on there. Uh, Nieder Niederreiter, Brock McGinn. I was a little shocked that he was left open. Um, Martinook is a good pick. Steven Lorenz and Morgan Geeky are nice young prospects uh, that had a pretty decent break-in season this year. Um, gosh, Yanni Hockenpah is a good one. Jake Gardner is another good one. Uh, Cedric Paquette is a nice uh, low like third, fourth line guy, uh, or the enforcer, if you want an enforcing forward. Yeah. It's, you got some options from Carolina, for sure. I mean, you know, one of the better teams in the league, you're obviously going to end up with some pretty uh, solid picks. I think if I had to call it, they go with Nino Niederreiter. Um, if, I was, if I was Seattle, I think I would take Nino. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting names. I'm even looking at Martinook. Um, yeah. Jake Bean as well. I mean, he, he's, he was supposed to be an up-and-coming defenseman. Another, yeah, another young defenseman who, I mean, he was like, we had a lot of injuries this year. So him, Beaky, Lorenz, uh, one other guy. Thought. I think it's LaJoy, Maxime. Yeah. I remember him Just playing. Just a couple like, games. Playoffs. So, yeah, those three guys had a lot of good uh, in and out this year with, with the roster, basically. Uh, Bean, Bean and Lorenz particularly. Mm-hmm. One thing I also didn't mention that I want to bring up is I think a lot of people learned from Vegas's expansion draft to not yeah. be so eager to protect a certain player and have to give up a couple of players and even some draft picks. Like, for example, um, yeah, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of the, it. The Vegas, before yes. the Vegas expansion. Yeah, so a trade that sticks out to me, and I don't know the exact details, but the Ducks apparently wanted to protect 
um, oh man, it's like John Mason or something. I think it's the actual defenseman they ended up protecting. I think it was Mason. Let me just check. Um, so, but they wanted to protect him. So what they did is they made Shea Theodore available. And a lot of people at the time, I mean, Theodore was definitely an up and coming defenseman at there. He was young. He was not making it into their lineup. He was probably low in their lineup. So they decided to let him go. But in doing so, he's, he's turned out to be very well and has developed very well with Vegas. Um, he was a huge part of their run last year and a huge part of their run this year. And then they've also added some guys like Martinez. So their defensive core has, has been huge. And, and part of it is, is to do with, you know, teams wanting to protect a certain player when they probably should have just exposed that player and had, had uh, Vegas pick them. And another team, too, was even the Minnesota Wild, where they wanted to keep, uh, I think it was Dumba at the time. So they were willing to give up Eric Halla and Alex Tuck. And Alex Tuck, of course, has been a huge part for uh, for um, for Vegas, although he does you know, have his struggles. But overall, he's been a big core, big part of their core in, in Vegas. So I, I think that teams have learned from that and they're willing to expose people. And if you look at the Carolina Hurricanes list, it's a good example of it. You know, Jake Bean, you can grab. Um, it's a really I good example, yeah. I mentioned Dougie Hamilton. I mean, I know that you're probably going to have to pay the guy a lot if you were to select him, but maybe, again, maybe you could do a sort of Taylor Hall trade where you can pick him and then deal him immediately and, and see what you can get for him. And again, find find somebody who wants Dougie Hamilton or Taylor Hall, trade them to him, and then have them sign him and worry about you know the price tag on them. Meanwhile, you get picks or even prospects. So Carolina is definitely an interesting pick here for that reason. And uh, like you said, there's just so many guys to choose from. I don't even think they can go wrong here. Again, you could even go Peter Mrazek or James Reimer if you wanted. If you can do that, though, I think you need to be looking at those guys like they're your backup. I mean, Reimer especially. Yeah, Um, specifically those two would be backups. Yeah, but they're not that bad backup options, especially. No, I mean. Especially Mrazek, man. Mrazek is a guy who can play cold really well. You know, he's a guy who who can step into games uh, off the bench from an injury or what have you and just come into it fresh, fresh as ever. Um, he's a guy that you can start halfway through a playoff series and he, he starts like it's game zero or game one again. Um, I think, you know what? I mean, I think Mrazek is... Probably one of the better options up there. If he, if you're looking to fill that specific role of backup goaltending, I think you know Mrazek is probably one of the better backups out there. Uh, he's been a backup for most of his career, um, and ha- I mean, obviously leaving Hamilton open is a very interesting decision. They they let him test the waters in free agency. They're leaving him open for the expansion draft. Um, I'm not. I'm. I know as a fan, it's probably easy to get concerned over that, but I'm not too concerned. Um, I'm almost sort of thinking that there might be a little bit of a distraction game being played in Carolina too. They might be leaving all these people exposed to let some other somebody else overthink our pick too much. Um, who knows if that's a yeah. if that's working in the background, you know? Yeah, I mean that that wouldn't be. It'd be smart. Like I said, there's big names on that list. Then a quick shout out to Warren Fogle. Um, 
for being on the protected list. Um, Andy, you know like specifically. That. You know specifically, but I'm a huge Warren Fogle guy. I feel like he's a very, very. Um, I mean, I call him a workhorse. I feel like he's a very hardworking forward. He's a great four checker. Um, you know, he does that play kid five. earns every single point that he puts up. Every single point that is on the board, especially the goals, are earned. Every single ounce of them. He's a he's a nitty gritty workhorse kind of guy. He is not afraid to go onto the boards with with a guy twice his size. He's a good player. That was a good yeah. protection. It is. And what what they could have done too was even protect Paquette and leave Warren Fogle available because you know those two are are very similar. But again, I think it was a great move by them to to protect Warren Fogle. Um, yeah, and it makes a little more sense to go with Fogle if 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 those two players are what you're looking to keep. I think you go with the hometown guy. Uh, Fogle I think was drafted by the Carolina. Um, he's been in Carolina for a long time now, and definitely over the last two years, he's he's seen more minutes, and he's definitely seen more of his position in this team. Uh, Paquette's brand new still, and he even had some injury issues last year, so it makes sense that Fogel was the protected player of those two. And now transitioning into uh, Chicago. Uh, they decided to protect. Let's see here. Uh, Henrik Brogstrom, Borgstrom, Alex DeBrinket, Braden, Brandon Hagel, David Comp, Patrick Kane, Dylan Strom, Jonathan Tabes, Caleb Jones, Connor Murphy, Riley Stillman, and Kevin Lankinen. And then they're available. Um, Brett Connolly, if you wanted a veteran presence, uh, Adam Gaudet, a guy who couldn't really find a home in, in uh, Vancouver, but maybe a change of scenery for him might work out. Vinny Hinnestroza, uh, Calvin DeHaan, if you wanted to pick a, a veteran defenseman, uh, Nikita Zadorov, if you wanted to pick a very physical defenseman uh, who can play first line, second line minutes for you and, and punish the the opposing uh top six forwards that he plays against so you got options there uh i don't really know who to pick from here i think i would sort of go towards the door off but it's definitely difficult for me to pick here i'm i'm leaning that way too i like the Zadorov pick and i mean i know i'm a big defensive defenseman guy i've been calling out all the defensemen today but yeah, Zadorov and Dahan are up there. Gaudette, I do like I like you mentioning him too. Um, but I yeah, I'm leaning towards Zadorov number one for me. Uh, but this is a team you can also get. Uh you could you could pick somebody from here and kind of just be surprised down the road too. Um let's not forget they're picking, you know, thirty one different players. So they're not gonna be carrying everyone uh come uh, day one uh, come opening season so right. you, you are going to be picking some guys that you're not gonna need so maybe this is one team you do that with and test some young guy out and see if he shows up in practice for a while or something see if he starts connecting with somebody else in the in the squad and make them align you know yeah and and that's i think the important key with 
picking your team is sometimes you want to pick players that have history together that don't necessarily play in the same team, um, but may have had previous history in the Olympics or in you know any sort of international play um, or even college. Yeah, good point. I I think my two picks that would come down to either Zadorov or Gaudet. The only thing is Nikita Zadorov would be a uh, RFA as well as Adam Gaudet. So those would be guys that you'd have to sign if you pick them. Um, and even you know what, dude? Here's a plot twist that I just thought of. Go for it. Ottawa signed Pierre so that Seattle can't ask Pierre for that insight. Pierre has the insight on all the yeah. guys, everybody who well, has played with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and so, dude, yeah, maybe Ottawa locked that knowledge down from Seattle. <laughs> Let's see. Did he become their senior VP for player development? Player development. Yep. Senior vice president for, for player development. Uh, yeah, maybe Seattle should have done that because Eric could be rattling <laughs> off who to pick throughout all these guys. He, he can tell you could pick one guy and he could tell yeah. you eight different guys that that guy played with that you could probably pick up. <laughs> yeah, and and it's honestly Ottawa is a team that has a lot of youth in it, so yeah. So Pierre could definitely have a have that's a, a plot twist for you, a little conspiracy maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. I like it. Uh, a lot of available players for Chicago are, are either UFAs or RFAs. So if they were to pick a player from them, uh, they would have to, to sign End up. up getting signed. Gotcha. Yep. Some are restricted free agents. I forget the sort of uh, difference uh, when you deal with contracts with an RFA to a UFA. RFA, you know, they're available to anybody. But restricted free agents, I think... Um, are only available to certain teams. It's kind of confusing with all Yeah. That. It it has to do with it's I think it's just a clause basically in their contract. And it's when you sign if you're a restricted free agent, you're basically limiting limiting the teams that can make you offers come your free agency block. Exactly. Uh, if you're an unrestricted free agent, there's there's no there's no clause, there's no contingencies. The entire league is looking at you as uh, that July 1st date is approaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jonathan Taves, he had a uh, he missed the whole year due to a, uh, I think it was an, an immune response. Symptom. Yeah, immune something. Response, something like that. It was something odd. Yeah. Yeah. I personally thought it was uh, it was cancer, but I was glad to hear it wasn't cancer. The way it was worded when it was announced that he was you know, injured and wouldn't play for the rest of the season kind of made it to me feel it alluded. like it alluded it kind of made, it kind of alluded to me that maybe he was having more of just a oblique issue or a hamstring injury or something that kind of held him back. And because they just they kind of just didn't disclose it made me feel like, oh, boy, I, really I see not sort of cancer. But I'm, I'm glad to hear it's only just a, a what seems to be an. Uh, inflammatory response and you get these a lot so it's a frequent inflammatory response oh okay um but it sounds like he'll be back so good news for for chicago and then caleb jones of course was a part of the duncan keith uh trade that they decided to protect him which i think was very smart by chicago i thought that was a very good deal for them um but now moving on to colorado and we're going to get to our biggest uh biggest story here but 
For now, they've protected Andre Burakowski, Tyler Jones, Nazem Kadri, Nathan McKinnon, Valerie Nachushkin, Logan O'Connor, Miko, excuse me, Miko Rantanan, Sam, Samuel Girard, Kale McCarr, and Devon Taves, and uh, Philip Grubauer. So obviously, uh, I didn't name Landis Cog. He is available to Seattle if they wanted him. Again, he would be a uh, interesting free agent. So again, they'd have to pick him and then sign him. But I'm thinking maybe, again, you could pick him and, and possibly trade him. Uh, I, I don't know if Seattle has that sort of option to pick somebody and then deal them and then just at trade. a certain point. I don't know if they have to wait until the season starts or what. Um, but Gabriel Landis-Cobb, certainly uh, an interesting pick if they were to go with him. It's, it's definitely a very uh, intriguing one. He's he's a bit of an expensive player, I believe. Oh, yeah. If you have Cap Friendly open. Yes. Um, why don't you pull that quick? I also yeah. like Don Scoy. Leaving Don Scoy open is a pretty nice pickup. If you don't want to go the Landis Cog route, you got his uh, his cap hit. So he's a UFA, but it's rumored that he wants like nine to ten million dollars. Okay. And a quick story is Joe Sackick, I guess, didn't want to pay Landis Cog more than McKinnon. Um, either in his eyes, he thought that McKinnon was just a better player, and therefore he mm-hmm. couldn't award Gabriel Landis Cog with a contract like that. Uh, it could even be term where maybe he asked for ten million, but for three years, so it's only. Uh, oh yeah, deal that requires ten million dollars a year. Who knows? Is, I mean, the only thing is, is I know that he was rumored to get that much, and Colorado okay. didn't want to pay him more than McKinnon. Okay, so he's asking for a lot. He's, is, yes, he's asking. Okay, so he's he's going to be an expensive player. Come signing him. Uh, yeah. Other than him, though, I think it's I think it's just Don Scoy for me. Me Sherwood, I'm... maybe. I would agree with you on Donskoy, and I, I think if I'm uh, if I'm Ron Francis, I would pick Donskoy. But you know, you have Brandon Sod in there for sure. Oh yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't see him. You have uh, even Devin Dubnik. Again, he's not not a big name. You probably don't want to pick him as a goalie, um, but a third option in net, you know, wouldn't be bad for Devin Dubnik. I mean, he's definitely struggled in recent seasons, so it would be a very risky. It's an interesting third goalie too, because yeah. ten the third goalie tends to be that minor league guy that you're trying to introduce to the NHL, you know. Yeah, and then Brandon, Dubnik's a bit of an older third goalie, I think. But yeah, hey, I mean, to each his own. If that's the third goalie you want to run in Seattle, it's it, it is a decent pick. Yeah, uh, Devin Dubnik is 35, so yeah, he he'd be up there. There's a lot of Older goaltenders that um, that Seattle has to look at. It's definitely yeah. interesting to see uh, which which goaltenders they choose. Brandon Saw is a UFA, and I think Don Stoy. I don't. I don't think he's UFA. Uh, yeah, it looks like he's he's got one year left on a three million nine hundred thousand uh, dollar deal. So not not bad pick. You know, you don't have to commit to him a lot. He's he's only on your team. So uh, I, I think I would agree with you in picking him. You couldn't go wrong with, with picking him. I've always liked Don Skoy, too. I thought he was a great forward for, Me too. for both the Sharks and uh, Colorado. 
Yeah, and I I think because of the big names on Colorado, he's not as talked about. Um, But I do think he's still, he's a really solid option. If you don't want to deal with Landis Cog's contract negotiations down the road, I think Don Scoy is like the safe move from from Colorado. Yeah, and if you want to get a a defenseman, um, Eric Johnson, too, kind of sticks out to me. Uh, he would come with a $6 million uh, cap hit for two more years, mm-hmm. uh, but he's 33 years old. Uh, he was injured later on in the season during their, uh, I think, before their playoff run, so he wasn't with them for this uh, these playoffs, but I don't know. I don't think you could go wrong with, with Johnson. I mean, it's definitely a, a big cap. Uh, it's definitely a cap dump by Colorado, but only for two years to have $6 million. Again, it's not like we're picking some guys that are high in the cap. So you could if you wanted to pick Johnson, but I think overall Donskoy is definitely the, the better play there. Uh, and then next it would be the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh Boy, I, I don't really see how they wouldn't pick uh, Domi. Domi, yeah. Cam <laughs> Atkinson, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Boone Jenner, Patrick Liney, uh, Gu- Gustav Nyquist, Eric Robertson, Jack Roslovic, uh, Vladislav, Gavrik- Ga- Vladislav Gavrikov, Seth Jones, Zach Lorensky, and Jonas Kopersalo. Uh Yeah, so Max Domi here, I think, is just a clear answer. Uh, he's definitely a guy who's bounced around the league. Uh, and I feel like he is the Canadian version of Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, Alex Galchenyuk is an American. Mm. He's just kind of, he had one really good season where he scored 30 goals with Montreal and since then has just dipped. And I feel like the Canadian version of that player is Max Domi where he's That's a good, yeah, that's a good part. He's had good seasons and he, he's, he's definitely uh, just a player that, can't seem to, no matter where he goes, just can't seem to find a home. And I feel like maybe a, a fresh start in Seattle could help Max Domi a lot, and it could even benefit Seattle. It's a very low-risk move here. I mean, you could always deal him. I'll quickly look at what is uh, what is cap. He's only he's got five million five million three hundred thousand dollars left. So one year, he's a one-year guy. So literally. If you wanted to, you could trade him at the deadline to maybe a cup contender or somebody trying to make a push for the playoffs and, and get something out of him. Yeah. Uh, again, I, looking at some other players, I really just don't see them picking uh, Mikhail Grigorenko. He's rumored to go back that's and play the only other guy. Yeah, that's the only other guy I was really looking at. Even, I mean, even Nathan Gerby, I don't really think that's a viable veteran option. I mean... I love the guy. He was a saver and a cane. Yeah. Uh, he's a smaller forward, and you know he has sort of that St. Louis pep in his step uh, persona, kind of. So it's hard, you know, to see him there and not think a whole lot of him. But yeah, with Max Domi on the table, I I, I think Gregor Ankle doesn't really have much to worry about. I think I think Domi's almost a no-brainer. He's one of the few no-brainers, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonas Corposalo is their goalie they protected, which means Merzlikens was not uh, available to them. He, he was, did not qualify for this draft, so I think that's why you don't see him here. The only other two players I think that Seattle might look at is Michael Delzato and Adam 
Clendenning, but even still, I think Domi is just a very probably the safest pick and might be their best pick. I mean, again, it's it's a forward who's definitely struggled throughout his career, and he hasn't had very many good seasons. But you can't go wrong with with having to try and try him out and just see if he he can find a new home in Seattle, because you never know. He could be a good pick. Exactly. And then while we're on uh, Columbus, before we go into the next uh, team, we'll just say a quick rest in peace to Matisse Kip Lennox, who, who died on, on the 4th of July. Um, it was rumored that he fell and hit his head after having a firework hit him in the chest. Uh, and then the story quickly changed after a few days to say that he saved um, his, his teammate. I believe it was, uh, it was a Corpusalo and his pregnant uh, wife. Or no, I think it was. Uh, uh, no, it was. It was Matt, I think it was Adam Masherin. Was it? I thought it started with an M. The last name. I think. I think it was. Um. Yeah, Elvis. Oh, Merguez. I'm looking at the Dallas list. My bad. Yeah. So it was. He saved Elvis Merlikid's um, a pregnant wife, their son, and himself. I guess the fireworks going right for them, and he jumped in front of it or he got in front of it and he died because of chest trauma uh, yeah. shortly thereafter. So I said it in the group chat that we have with Ryan and uh, Greg that it was the greatest save in NHL history for a guy to put his life on the line and, and save his teammates and his teammates' families. Yeah. So quick shout out to him there. Rest in peace to him. And uh, we'll move on to Dallas. Definitely. Now. So Dallas, yeah, that's just, I mean, Man, a young guy like him, he had quite a career ahead of him, I'll tell you that. He yeah. definitely could have gotten a, a starting position in the NHL, whether that be with Columbus or somebody else. And He was willing to put his life on the line for a greater cause. He always got to take respect. Yeah. yeah. Um, but to Dallas, they're protected. are Jamie Benn, Radek Foxa, Dennis Gurionov, Ropa Hintz, Joe Pavelski, Alexander Radulov, Tyler Sagan, Miro Hiskinen, uh, John Klingberg, Essa Lindell, and Anton Hedobin. Uh So you have Andrew Cogliano there, Blake Cuomo, two veteran guys. Um, Jamie Alexiak, Andre Sakara, Sammy Votman, and Ben Bishop. So uh, I've seen a lot of people make um, their final list for their team for, uh, for Seattle. And a lot of people had Ben Bishop on there, and... I would personally pass on Ben Bishop uh, simply because I think he's he, injuries with him are, are an issue and his age being 34 years old, his cap mm-hmm. hit is 4,916,666 for the next two years. So you're not really giving up too much there. Um, it's just, I feel like he hasn't gotten enough playtime in the last two years to really be picked. I agree. Um, I my, eyes agree. Are going, my eyes are going right to Jamie Alexiak. Um, I feel like he's a he's a defenseman that can can play big minutes. Uh, he is a big defenseman himself. I think he's six foot four, uh, and he's just a guy that that uh, that gives you his best. And, and again, he's a big shot blocker, and he's not afraid to uh, to get in front of the puck. Um, he's six foot seven. My bad. He's six foot seven. Holy big cow, guy. dude! Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> So I, I would Jeez. not go with Ben Bishop here. I think I would pass on him, and I would instead go with Jamie. 
I even even if you don't want to go with Jamie, I, I would almost even go Vatnin over Bishop. I think Vatnin is someone that is has struggled to find a home as well. Uh, he did he did some time with us to cover when Hamilton broke his leg a couple of years ago. Uh, he broke it a few days before the trade deadline, and Botman was one of the defensemen picked up to cover him. Uh, oh, Pesci was out also that year with a, a shoulder injury. Uh, so that was the year that I think we picked up Shea that year as well. So Shea and Botman came in. Uh, yeah, I think either of those guys is a better pick over Bishop. I think Bishop could have been a good pick, but we've mentioned it before. There's just so many goalies that are left open for this and if you want a veteran goalie i mean we'll get to it later but price is open this year (laughs) why 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 would you go for bishop after the year price had if that's what you want you know yeah and then one more mention i'll just mention andre sakara he makes 1.5 million dollars for just the next season so he, he would be available to pick for at a low price he is 35 years old, so, you know, maybe bottom bottom two defenseman for him. But yeah, I think so. He he's an average guy. He'll give you you know he'll give you decent minutes. He's um, I think he's a solid third defenseman to pick up too. Uh, but man, that six foot seven defenseman right above him is uh, yeah, is really enticing. <laughs> Jimmy Alexiak, he. Is 28 years old too. He is a UFA, so again, they'd have to sign him. Um, but honestly, I just I don't see how uh, why they wouldn't. They could also, by the way, they can pick somebody else on Dallas, and then I think two there's a two day buffer after the draft where they can talk to any UFA they want and sign him. So anybody we've mentioned in the past that's a UFA or an RFA. They don't have to pick them in the draft. What they can do is pick somebody else on their team and okay. then and then talk on the side a couple of days later. Correct. Yeah. So it, it wouldn't be a bad option here to pick some kind of prospects that might be in a um a, a low uh, end budget deal. I mean, again, they could even pick Andre Sakara, which is only one point five million. And then right after the draft, they could go and talk to Jamie Alexiak, and there you have a, a pair right there, Jamie Alexiak or Andre Sakara could be a pair on your team, you know. So you don't necessarily have to always pick the UFA. What you can do is just pick somebody that already has a contract, and then come, you know, that two-day buffer. You could talk to to any UFA you want and sign them. That's not um, a bad idea. No, it isn't. And and you know, with some of the teams, man, they could be really, really good uh, with some of the picks if they choose to do so. Uh, like Gabriel Landeskog and Price, if you choose two of them, man, yeah, quite a team to start off with. But uh, moving to Detroit, they have protected Tyler Bertuzzi, Adam Ernie, Robbie Fabry, Dylan Larkin, Michael Rasmussen, Giovanni Smith, Jakub Borchek, or I'm sorry, not Jakub Borchek, uh, Jacob Verana, Philippe Hemrok, Nick Letty, Gustav Lindstrom, and Thomas Grice. Um, yeah. Uh, so Valtteri Filippola sticks out. It's just a veteran forward. Darren Helm sticks out. Bobby Ryan. How about that, <laughs> Bobby Ryan? Wow. Let me just check this out. I feel like he's on a $5 million deal. 
Um, but the way he looked in, in sorry, he's a UFA, but the way he looked in Detroit, it feels like he rebound after the sort of uh, stint he went through in the offseason and during the season of last last year. He's definitely rebounded from there. Um, but I think overall, they probably pick uh, Troy Stetcher. He's a young defenseman, spent some time in the bubble with Vancouver in that playoff run. Uh, he, he gained a lot of uh, experience in that run. And then coming okay. to to Detroit, I feel like he, he kind of found his game with Detroit. Um, Vancouver, I don't think, signed him because of cap issues, as well as just they felt like they had better options. So they decided to to leave him. And Detroit picked him up, and I thought that was good for Detroit. But then uh, leaving him to the expansion draft, I feel like would not be a bad option by Seattle here to pick him. Like I said, he's very young. Uh, let me just check his real quick. $1.7 million, not even bad. He's 27 years old and only has one year left on that deal. So I, I think that that's who they go with here. You could play him in, in a bottom four role for defensemen, maybe even a bottom two, but I still feel like you could get more uh, time out of that. But you can also, like I said, go with some of the other guys who are, who are veterans. But uh, either Bobby Ryan to me or Troy Stetcher sticks out here. Yeah, and I, I'll throw it out there just because I'm a little familiar with him. Yevgeny Svechnikov is uh, Andre Svechnikov's older brother. Not a bad pick either. He's a, I think he could be a good second or third line forward for you. Um, certainly a good penalty killer in my eyes. Uh, and, you know, he comes from good blood, obviously, <laughs> with Andre as his younger brother. So... That's a Only solid pick too. Old. I would just yeah, I just I would just just tack him on to what uh, you were saying about uh, the other ones because outside of those picks and and Yevgeny, I uh, I think it's pretty limited from Detroit. They're another team similar to Buffalo, you know. Yeah, I agree. Nobody nobody really sticks out besides those guys. I don't think that Seattle would go out of their way and pick a home or Valtteri Filippolo over Troy Stetcher or Evgeny Svechnikov. And I think with Svechnikov as well, uh, he is an RFA, so you know, dealing with him might be a little bit uh, harder than other UFAs out there. Uh, but if they were to go to him, and I think a new home might help Evgeny Svechnikov. He seemed to struggle to get into Detroit's lineup this year. Uh, yes. I feel like he does have potential, so if Seattle were to select him or if they were to just sign him in free agency, and give him a shot, give him a new home, and give him a role immediately out of the gate. He can probably excel in that position. Uh, and then same thing with Troy Stetcher. Uh, I feel like you give him a shot, He's uh, he's got one year left, and if he's good with Seattle, you re-sign him. If not, you either trade him at the deadline or, or do as you wish. Um, but I don't think that they have a, a like hard decision here to, to see who they pick. Um, so moving on, that brings us to the Edmonton Oilers, who decided to protect Josh Archibald, Leon Dreisaitl, Zach Cassian, Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Jesse Pugliarvi, Taylor Yamamoto, Ethan Bear, Duncan Keith, Darnell Nurse, and Stuart Skinner, which of course left Oscar Clefbaum available, Adam Larson available, um, Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith available, Tyson Berry is available, uh, James Neal is available. There are there are quite a lot of names here that, that Seattle can pick from. I feel 
as though Adam Larson might be their pick here. Um, just because I thought he had a really good season with Edmonton. Um, what if they pick Neil and make him the captain? That would be funny. I mean, Neil, <laughs> Neil was picked in the Vegas. Uh, yep. draft, you know, just, which was, man, Neil had a hell of a season with Nashville in that Nashville, season, yeah. 2017 uh, Stanley Cup run that they had. Then the previous year, again, he was a big part of, of Vegas's 2018 Cup run. And then after that, he fell off. And the I following just, year, he was yeah. a player that wasn't necessarily disappointing, but just the change of scenery in so many years kind of threw off his game. And I feel like that's why he's been struggling as of late. Um, yeah. I think he's, yeah, he's with Edmonton, but prior to Edmonton, he was with Calgary, and Calgary he struggled in. Um, so, man, it, it's been tough for James Neal, but again, maybe a change in scenery for a guy like that wouldn't be a bad hey, idea. Yeah, it, it, um, just another restart, you know. Yep, and then Kyle Turris as well. Uh, that's been a guy who struggled with finding his game. Uh, he's he's only $1.65 million cap hit with one year left on his deal. So if they really wanted to go for Kyle Turris, they could. you got a lot of options here, very similar to uh, Definitely. Go many different routes. You can go Larson, Oscar. Mike Kwasi. Smith is still a viable, I think. I don't know if you mentioned him. Who is? Or Miko Koskinen is there, yeah. too. So, yeah. Miko Koskinen's cap hit probably doesn't get picked. Um, is it? Okay. That was Peter Shirelli's last deal as a Oilers GM. And, uh, you know, Peter Shirelli is seen as a very controversial, very uh, disliked GM for by Edmonton Oilers fans. Um, so when he signed that deal and then got fired, they pointed to that contract being his last uh, nail in the coffin. So the re- yeah, almost like the last straw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, many different routes here. It's kind of hard to choose one. It really is. Uh, even Dominic Cahoon. He's available. He played it a little bit with uh, uh, Buffalo, and I think he's a former Penguin. Uh, so you got a lot of options, but I think if it were to come down with it, I would go with Adam Larson, though he is a UFA. You could either sign him or you can go with Kyle Turris, in my eyes, or even James Neal. Yeah, Turris and uh, uh it was the first person you saw, oh, Larson, Adam Larson, both those guys I was looking at before we even started talking. So I agree. Not that, I don't think you could pick a bad person from this team. It's just about what you need, really, when it comes down to it. This this might be like a team that you probably, when you're at the table discussing this, they might be one of the last teams you visit to see, um, you know, where – where do we need to be rounded out? Where are we missing something? What do we think the last piece is kind of thing? Yep, I agree. Uh, so now that brings us to the Florida Panthers. And Florida protected Alexander Barkov, Sam Bennett, Anthony Duclair, Patrick Hornquist, Jonathan Huberdeau, Mason Marchman, Carter Verhage, Eric Ek- or Aaron Ekblad, Gustav Forsling, Mackenzie Weger and Sergey Bobrovsky. Uh, Brandon Montour is available. Radko Gudis is available. Anton Strom is available. Uh, Nicole, or Noel Achari, who I really liked as a Boston Bruin, and when they moved on from him, 
uh, it was due to the cap having to sign, I think, Krug and making room for some other guys. So they decided to part ways with Achari. But I feel like he's a very, very similar player to a Warren Fogle. Uh, however, I think Seattle has already been in talks with Chris Drieger, and they are likely to sign him to a deal. Um, so I believe he might be the pick from this team, uh, pending things go the way they are planned. Gotcha. Yeah. But, you know, there are um, games I would really like to see Noah Chari uh, be picked. Yeah, I agree that Noah Chari is... Uh... You know, when he was out here in Boston, I liked watching him. Dave liked him. Uh, and, you know, after his – he was having some success uh, coming down the stretch last season. And, um, you know, it's too bad that it, it couldn't continue. I mean, they had to face Tampa in the first round. But, uh, no, he's a pretty solid pick there, uh, you know, barring the Drieger deal. And then even Lucas Walmark, I mean, you know, former Kane, he's another low – uh, low line forward if you need it. So there's some options if they don't go with the, with the Drieger deal, but um, it seems, uh, judging from what you were saying, it seems like that's pretty locked up. We're just waiting for the announcement here. Yeah, and I don't know if it's a scenario where <laughs> they wait until that grace period where they can sign UFAs uh, before. Oh, I see. Um, but if they if they do if they do go that route where they don't pick Chris Drieger and rather sign him in that grace period, honestly, I would pick up Nolacharya. Looking at some yeah. of these other names, it's like I said, it's it's a bottom six four. He'd be great. Uh, I feel like he could even play top minutes. I feel like he was playing top minutes with Barkov and uh, Huberdo. I, I think so too. Depending on how your yeah. forward pick shake up, he's the guy who could step up into the second and and even probably first line if you really needed yeah. him to. Especially if you're asking him to, you know. I'm surprised that they uh, protected Bobrovsky. Uh, but I think with Maybe Chris Drieger already being in talks with Seattle, as well as Spencer Knight not being oh, yeah. in the draft, they probably didn't want to pull like a Jeff Skinner move where he waves a no-movement clause if he has it and then uh, exposes him. But, if, man, if they can get that off, they can get his contract off the books it would definitely open up florida because he's got i think five years left on his 10 million dollar deal or 10 million yeah. AAV. um that's hurting them for sure yeah he so he does have a no movement clause um wow it kicks in the first of july in 2024 so i guess he doesn't have one now but still it's it's a lot of money to keep up in your cap, but hey, what are you going to do? All right. Almost there. We're almost halfway there. We've got two more teams left. The next team is the LA Kings, who decide to protect uh, Leah Anderson, Victor Arvidsson, Dustin Brown, Alex Ayafalo, Adrian Kempe, Anze Kopitar, Trevor Moore, Drew Doughty, Matt Waugh, Sean Walker, and Calvin Peterson. Uh, so quick is available. Uh, Ole Mott is available. Curtis McDermott is available. Brendan Lemieux, Andre Anthony and then they got some oh, picks yeah. here. They, they got, got some pick. picks right off the top. I've always liked Ole Mata. He's been one of my favorite non Canes players since the day he started in Pittsburgh. Uh, I love him up at the points. The guy holds the blue line pretty well. 
um, and he can get back quick. Uh, speaking of quick, Jonathan Quick available. One of the larger goaltender names out there that's unprotected. I do like the Anthony CU uh, shout out there, Nick. Um, those are the three guys I wanted to mention, but I'll let you step in now. Uh, no, I, I totally agree. Um, it's funny because I was quiet about Olimata and, and liking him because I feel like he's been a guy who's just very, not hated, but definitely very critical. People have been very critical of his defense, but I've, I've liked him since, like you said, he's been in the league and, and their runs uh, in 2016 and 2017 definitely uh, showcased Olimata. And to see him, to see that move kind of upset me because I felt like they had better options. I mean, you could have kept Olimata and you wouldn't have to have uh, Cody Cece on your team. Um, not that Cody Cece is bad. I thought he had a very good year with, with Pittsburgh after having a pretty rough one in, in Toronto. But still, um, Olimata, I like, I even like, Andre, I think from the CU, he is an RFA, so it's a little bit difficult there if you were to pick him and, and try and sign him. Um, and, and quick again, yeah. I mean, this might be one of the goaltenders that they do end up picking um, as a backup. Me personally, I think I would pass on quick uh, because there are some other goaltenders out there. He's 35 years old and he's got two years left, making $5.8 million a year. Uh, only Mata, if they do pick him, I believe has only one year left with four million dollars, eighty-three thousand three hundred and thirty-three dollars uh, remaining on his deal. So they do Quick, have picks here. Quick is a guy that you you know, despite his age, despite his contract, um, you know, he could almost end up like a flurry kind of flurry. Yeah. It was it was a little. How do I phrase this? It, it wasn't, you know, leaving in bad taste. It wasn't like he was unprotected and, you know, it was just completely disrespectful to him. It, it's just, it was, it was something they had to do. I think he understood that with their front office, um, but it was kind of sad come that uh, draft, but, you know, Flurry embraced it. Uh, I think everybody knew that pick was going to be made going into that expansion draft. So yeah. He embraced it. He he's really turned his uh, career around since then, and I could see Quick maybe doing the same thing if he ha- if he uh, sort of sees it in the right light, such as Marc Andre Fleury did, and puts his head on properly on his shoulders. I could see him having a nice little uh, comeback here if he did end up being picked. Yeah, I um, I think my two would definitely be Quick and Olimata. I just wouldn't pick quick personally, uh, given his his cap hit as well as his age. Uh, a question of performance would definitely come up, uh, being a 35 year old and, and trying to have a rebound season. But again, I feel like, you know, if you have a struggling player or if you have a player that seems to be getting up there in age and and you just feel like might not be there, uh, an expansion draft might be the perfect option for them. So, like you said, with quick, I feel like if he were to get picked. Uh, he would see his Mark Andre did, you know, four years ago being picked by Vegas. Um, he might have a turnaround season, and you know, given the fact that uh, the LA Kings decided to pick Calvin Peterson over him, it has clearly said that they're they're ready to move on from Quick. Right. Um, so giving him that sort of uh, consideration and, and picking him definitely would would uh, 
see fit quick to maybe have a bounce back season. And LA is looking like a pretty good team. I mean, with that Victor Arvidsson deal they had, their their forward core is definitely there. Um, you know, Anze Kopitar is still producing. So is Dustin Brown. Adrian Kempe, Alex Iafalo, they're up. They're very, very uh, young and and potential uh, great forwards. Victor Arvidsson, like I said, I, I like that pickup. Um, they have Alex Turcott, who they selected in uh, fifth overall in 2019. Um, I don't know if he cracks the lineup this season, but given their roster right now as it is, I feel like he would probably play uh, the full season or at least part of this season to see how he is. And as well as Quinton Byfield, who has been a, uh, a highly uh, anticipated draft pick, I believe he was last year's draft pick. He's definitely touted to be a very uh, top six forward for them. So they have options here, and I feel like they're if they can play their cards right and uh, develop their core in, in this young team that they have, they could be a very uh, they could be a dark horse in that Pacific team. Um, Good point. They they can definitely be a dark horse in that that division. Um, Quentin Byfield was selected overall in 2020, and he I think he cracks the lineup this season. So both Alex Turcott and Quentin Byfield cracked the lineup. Um, like I said, I, I think they could be a dark horse. That Pacific division is definitely iffy. Um, it can technically be guarded as one of the easiest divisions uh, in the normal circumstances of all the divisions, the Atlantic, Central, Metro, and then Pacific. Um, you know, they can they can do some damage here. And I feel like they they could uh, they could be a, a dark horse for that that uh, division. They could even finish top top four and not even have to worry about a wild card spot so it'll be interesting to see how how the the kings uh are next season um but moving on we'll go to the last team we'll review today which is minnesota minnesota decided to protect joel erickson kevin fiala marcus felino jordan greenway brian hartman nico sturm matt zuccarello jonas brodeen matt dumba jared spurgeon and cam talbot uh, Marcus Johansson sticks out, Nick Bukestad, Victor Rask, uh, Carson Soucy sticks out a little bit, Capo Konkinen, or Capo, Bonino. yeah, Bonino, yep, Bonino, absolutely, and then uh, Capo Kakonen, I think is how it's pronounced. Kakonen. I think that that's, I think that's who they end up picking is uh, is Capo there. He's a young, uh, Goaltender, he, he had a very good season that felt like he definitely um, peaked early and then kind of, you know, went downhill from there. But overall, I feel like he, he wouldn't be a bad option in net. Uh, I agree. He's a solid Seattle, choice. If Seattle can develop him, he can be a very, very good uh, goaltender. And I think he's the youngest goaltender that is available um, in this. Yeah, I think I looked it up today. He's, I think, 24. Yes, you're right. 24, and he's making 725000 So Yeah, that's a steal, man. I can't yep. believe. Actually, it's a good thing he's a goalie. Otherwise, he would uh, he would have been in that entry-level protection thing. Like, Correct. Like if, for instance, if you're a fan and you aren't, you're not sure why there's a guy that we're not talking about, like, for example, Martin Natchez in Carolina, He's not protected, nor is he on the available list because he's still in his entry-level deal. 
So yeah. if, if you're thinking of a guy and when you don't hear us mentioning his name, I think you mentioned Byfield recently. He sounded like he right. was in that, that pot. Um, yep. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, so Quentin Byfield and Alex Turcotte are both examples of that. I'm trying to think of others off the top of my head. But, uh, but yeah, so, so Martin Natchez is, is another example. Uh, and but Capo Kakonen or Capo Kakonen is is uh it, it seems like he's still on an entry level deal. So I'm kind of I don't think he is because no. uh entry level deals the max length is three years and he's 24. So unless he was only drafted when he was 21. Yeah. Yeah. The only his plus uh, he's a goalie. That's the thing. You know, I see. Okay, yeah. So he, okay, yeah. He signed a deal May 16th of 2018. It looked like a two year deal. Um, his cap hit was $767,500. That deal ended. And I guess because that deal, the re sign, yeah. Technically, his, his entry level contract, he's now in a standard contract. Yeah. So looking at cap, friendly, correct. That two-year deal was his entry-level contract, and now he's in a standard contract. Uh, and he would be in his last uh, last year of the deal if Seattle were to pick him. So, you know, if, if they were to pick him, they want to make sure that they can at least re-sign him, depending on how he Yes, good um, point. But, yeah, I mean, Marcus Johansson sticks out, but he he was he's been struggling a lot lately he struggled with buffalo and he seemed to struggle with with uh, the wild and i thought when we traded uh for eric stall and gave up marcus uh, johansson i was afraid that the typical buffalo treatment was going to come back and hurt us um where you know buffalo seems to deal a player and then suddenly they're just a reincarnation of their past selves uh, but he wasn't <laughs> that and it surprised me um, yeah, he looked good when he was in when he got traded at the deadline to Boston, and they, uh, you know, ran into the the finals with him. He looked good during that year, and I was a little surprised that they didn't uh, keep him there. But yeah. then I think he went to Buffalo after that, and you know, as as you had alluded to, he just he really hasn't regained what he had found uh, upon arriving in Boston. Um, and if that's what you're looking for, I think Benino's a better choice than Johansson in the forward even line. I even think Rask, yeah, Bukestad. Rask, I think, is a pretty comparable choice. Um, and I even think Johansson is a little bit more of a liability. So I think that rank, ranks Rask a little bit higher than him. Um, yeah, if you're going after a forward, Johansson isn't really the best option here in my eyes. I would go Nino, uh, Benino or probably Bukestad first, to your point. Yeah. Uh, I think that they ultimately pick pick uh, Capo, the goaltender. I agree. I think, I, I think he's a pretty a... good choice. He's a really good choice. He's a guy that you could, you know, you could really make him feel good. and Because and, the thing is, is the, cat, the kid is still young. He is a goalie, so he's still young in his career as well as his age. Um, so you can make him feel good, and you can go out. You could go after him, and you could pick him. I think you said he's a UFA, so you could actually uh, really send this guy a message and say, "Hey, we want you to be, you know, this franchise's goaltending face. 
we're we're picking you in this draft. We're not even going to go to you uh, to the uh, free agency talks. We wanted to pick you, and uh, you know we've kept enough money around to offer you something. Hopefully, you can uh, you know take that and run with it, man. I, I think that that is a really good choice for goaltending wise, and it's it's probably going to be hard to to do that to look at him like that because there are so many other goaltenders um, available. And, and even if it's just the name, like Jonathan Quick, it's going to turn your eyes for a little bit. Uh, so yeah. we'll see. I, looking at this list, I'm just really confused as to why they protected Cam Talbot over Capo. I mean, I understand Cam Talbot had a very a comeback season, if you will, um, just played out of his mind. Uh, but he is 34, and he's got two years left on his deal. I was surprised that it wasn't flopped, you know, switched around where they kept Capo and, and exposed Cam, uh, because I feel like you couldn't go wrong either way. It's just, if, in my eyes, you'd want to... And the age is the reason. That yeah, that I was going to say, yep. that, you know, age, he's, there's a 10-year difference. There's a whole decade difference between the two. With, yeah, uh, and, and, and Capo's at that age where it's a goaltender who's just about ready and primed. I mean, he's 24, 25. That's when you want those guys to start uh, making a scene, I would say. Yeah. Yep. Uh, with that being said, that, that concludes the uh, part one of this Seattle uh, expansion draft episode that we uh, we recorded today. We will probably do part two tomorrow or the following day whenever we're free. So expect those two uh, episodes to come out uh, during this week. Um, other than that, the expansion draft is on Wednesday. Uh, and then, like I said, there's a two day grace period after they sign or after they pick players to sign any free agents and just taking a look at the free agents while we have them. Um, Dougie Hamilton. Some of these people get signed, but I'll just say a couple of names out there. All right. We know Ovechkin is, we know. Um, Landis Cog is you have Taylor Hall, Philip Grubauer, Zach Hyman, Philip Benoit, Tyson Berry, Blake Coleman. You got a lot of options in free agency. So, you know, with with we well, with what we said with Seattle, sometimes you just want to pick a guy like Noah Chari and then sign Drieger because he's a free agent. You don't necessarily want to yep. pick a free agent and then have to sort of double on. dip. Yeah, double dip exactly. Um, but yeah, with that being said. Enjoy the off season as you have been, and at least try to. Uh, it's been a little bit hard for me because uh, <laughs> I've been just wanting to, to watch hockey no matter what. Uh, but it is what it is, and you know this off season should be pretty interesting with some of the free agents we see and some of the trade rumors that are coming out. So, yeah, jump on this episode and you know be on the lookout the next few days. Yep. Other than that, you know the deal. Have a uh, Stay safe and, uh, of course, peace out. Peace out.